So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no. But angel hair pasta, Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. I feel good. Dad, are you singing to your cereal? Come on, Ava. Silk almond milk. Starts the morning on a high note. (laughs) Silk almond milk. With calcium, vitamins A, D, and E. Feel plenty good. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that... Oh, wait, Terry's in the wall. Sorry, guys. That wall wasn't there yesterday. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that... And now Phil's in the wall. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm so stupid. I'm stupid, stupid. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that's been reversing into Kvyat since 2015. I always knew there was something special about him. I always assumed it would be Verline with you. No, no, no. Verline reverses into me. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the only F1 podcast that won't make some kind of pun that Baku sounds a bit like back. I am sick of this easy, lazy punnery that goes around the Formula One circles because a city sounds like an English word. If anything, it's a bit racist. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, a race so gentle it could have been penned by Bert Bacharach. Just <laughs> <laughs> joking, hey. it's great. Easy. I'm T. Grez, and today from the Parcel Yard in London King's Cross, we are going to talk about the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, where lots of things nearly happened, but in the end, absolutely nothing happened. Plus, we have the second instalment of The Fact Off, Terry has some exciting t-shirts, and we have more listener questions. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who is now basically part fish. It is Phil Troman. Hello, everyone. Yes, that's right. I have returned to a sport that I uh, that I competed in once upon a time, about 30 years ago. Um, in the spirit of trying to get a bit fitter, I went for a swimming training session this week. When I was a kid, I swam relatively competitively. Never any good, but, you know, did it a lot and 
competed in things. A gala. And uh, did it again and was absolutely rubbish. It's really hard. I couldn't do more than two lengths without stopping and having a breather. At, at a time, I did more than two lengths. I did about 850 metres or something, but I couldn't do <laughs> two lengths. 850 metres. Well, I had me watch, so it was, it was 850 <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but I, cu- I couldn't do more than two lengths of front crawl without stopping and taking at least three minutes break and get my breath back. Yeah, it was rubbish. How many lengths can you do? I did 100. 100 minutes? 100 lengths. Shut up. I did, in a 25 metre Nobody's pool. done 100 Yes, I did. Lengths. I did it for charity. In all front crawl. Well, now I feel even worse. Last time I went swimming, I think I managed eight. No, I didn't crack, and I didn't injure myself, but I was tired. <laughs> you were after eight? Eight. Did you stop at eight, or did you have a break? I stopped after okay. each one. <laughs> well, I feel a lot better now. And alongside Phil is a man who is near someone famous. It's Terry Saunders. So I work at the BBC a lot, and can I say this? Yeah, why not? So I went to the pub in my lunch the other day. In about an hour, I had about three pints. That's kind of normal BBC fare. Don't tell I anyone. I assume you mean exactly an hour or less. <laughs> <laughs> it was about ninety minutes, but it was it was exactly three pints. And when when we got back. They were filming the one show. What? Yeah, and sometimes when there's music acts on, they have a band outside, like in the plaza. And we were looking, going, who's that singing? Me and my mate were like, who is that singing? Anyway, go out to work, load up the iPlayer. It's only fucking Kiefer Sutherland singing in a band. From Lost Boys and 24. I mock him from afar. And that other thing about the president, designated Uh, survivor. Absolutely. It's terrible. Yeah, that's all I've done this week. Got pissed near Kiefer Sutherland. While at work. Chica, what have you been up to? Well, this week, Phil, I said this week, yesterday, I went and watched the marathon Ooh. in the streets of London. Saw around the guy dressed as... Have you seen the video of uh, the guy oh, dressed yeah. as Big Ben? Yes, yep. we couldn't yeah. get under the finish thing. Couldn't get under the finish line. That was line. pretty funny. Yeah. I saw the beginning of a marathon a few years ago, and my favourite thing was when all the runners, because I live very near the actual actual beginning... When all the runners are gone, this guy that was in the crowd stripped off his like jumper and trousers, dumped them there, had running gear on underneath, and just tagged along at the end. That's but without amazing. like a number or anything, he was just like illegally running the marathon. Wow, guerrilla marathon running. Yeah, what a guy. What a subversive. It is weird because I, I did the marathon a long time ago in the early 80s, I believe. You have mentioned it already. Tonight. Have I mentioned it? Have I mentioned it? I don't think I have. I did the marathon for charity. I don't like to talk about it. When you're at the kind of delirious, I can't do this thing, people shouting your name is not helpful. Because you're just there going, huh? <laughs> Who? What? Well, what would be helpful? For, for, for next year's event, what's helpful for to shout at marathon runners? Here's a scooter. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let's try and navigate Listener's Corner without being distracted by a castle and smashing into a barrier. Which would, according to you lot, be more interesting than what actually happened in the race. Paul Hinton is not happy. All these promises, we were promised carnage, cars flying off the track on cold tyres, a million overtakes and a hundred safety cars. The clerk's soft tyres would be three seconds a lap faster and the race would be closer than Shandnock's knees. A bit of a weird analogy there. And all that happened was yet another parade, another one-two for Mercedes, another dodgy Ferrari strategy call and another embarrassment for Williams. 
Anthony Bishop said, I think we have to concede that Liberty are making the pre-race phase of F1 more interesting by promoting the closeness of the teams, the backstories and whatever rubbish to make us all drool with anticipation. But the actual racing is as it always has been. Right. It wasn't it wasn't a classic, was it? No. It was boring. Yeah, I, I'd say I it was I better know, than China. I think I know why. No. You know that thing where if you don't take an umbrella, it rains. But if you take an umbrella, it doesn't rain. Yeah. When I pay for Now TV coverage, yeah. the race is shit. Right. And when I illegally stream it, it's great. So it's your fault. Totally me. It's your fault for trying to do the right thing. I apologise. I will no longer pay for this thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I knew what happened. I knew how boring it was. But then I watched the highlights on 4AD. And they did this huge build-up saying, oh, it's the most exciting track. All of this. I thought, why didn't they cut that? Because they're yeah, about damp to it show down. the yeah. most dull race. It was, it, I, it was one of those... I found myself sort of interested in it, but it, it, it seemed like most of the race was a perennial kind of like, oh, this could happen, oh, this might happen, and then none of it happened. So it sort of kept my attention because I thought something was going to go down, but then nothing went down apart from Grosjean missing a corner. Jonathan Bentley has hopes for the future, though. Well, sort of. What's the betting that by next season, the front three teams will be really even in performance, leading to a great season of racing, only for F1 to change the rules for 2021? It is a typical F1 thing to do. Yeah, that will definitely happen. I mean, he's right, because as soon as they all close up, they go, well, six years ago, we decided to change this because yeah. no one was close enough. Yeah, now they can only have three now. wheels now. Yeah. And then it'll turn out that, you know, Toro Rosso get the best idea and they win five championships on the trot. Tristan Clayton has an insight into George Russell's car development. Pretty sure Williams' technical unit spent an hour on Friday working out whether ripping half the floor off and replacing the rear wing with a manhole cover was a viable way of improving their lap time. Yeah. Daniel Sebergson said, This is just ridiculous. We had the opportunity to flush this season down the drain when Russell opened the drain cover, but no. That Marshall sealed it off and now we have to watch the entire season with Ballas and Jamilton switching for the wins as Ferrari continues to throw pasta on their tactical monitors. That is a convoluted Spent sentence, Daniel. a long Daniel. time coming out of that. <laughs> I mean, it's a little xenophobic, <laughs> um, which I applaud. <laughs> right, let's talk about the drain thing. So, okay. for anyone that missed it, in free practice, Russell was pooling around very slowly, obviously, because he's in a Williams. And he went, uh, as if they haven't got enough problems this season, he went over a manhole cover, which apparently they're all supposed to be welded down before the race. And he went under it, and the downforce slash suction from his car sucked out the manhole cover into the bottom of his car and completely destroyed it. Um, and then the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came that's out right. and pushed the car faster than it's ever gone. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Or Ninja Turtles if you're in America. Yes, Boss Cat. I mean, it could only have happened to Williams, really, couldn't it? Yeah. They, they uh, We'll get on to the other trouble they had uh, this weekend, I'm sure, but it's just like, I, was, I remember watching it and just going, oh my God, of course, it, of course it's Williams. Of course, a weird freak accident would hit the team that has the fewest spare parts, is already incredibly slow, really needs all the practice time they can possibly get. And also makes a bit of a mockery of the whole well-done Baku thing. 
because to not weld down something metal and heavy well that fly up and destroy a car. Not well done, Baku. <laughs> Badly done, Baku. Also, that wasn't even the end of it. So they, they loaded Russell, I don't know if you saw this, they loaded Russell's car onto a flatbed and started towing it back to the pits. And it had like, the flatbed had like a crane on it that they used to lift it up onto the thing. And so they lifted it on, started doing down the track, and then it turned out that the crane was higher than one of the bridges across the track and it smacked into the bridge. Brilliant. This is what we expect. This is what Bernie races used to be like. Half-arsed. Shambolic. Sh- shitty things and no one knows what they're doing. And now it's all gone too professional. I like this. I think it's good. I think we should have more drains coming up. I think drains popping up randomly should be part of the challenge <laughs> of a Formula One track. Uh, I think you're onto something. I don't think so. And it, it completely screwed, well, it partially screwed Russell because, yeah, he lost and they had to cancel the first practice session so nobody got their, um, their full Oh, but where did he time. finish? Uh, last but one. And where did he finish at the last race? Uh, last but one. <laughs> Didn't ruin his race at all. <laughs> Paul Botterill said, looks like Ferrari have finally given up on Leclerc. About time too. Why would they invest in young talent when they can put all of their eggs in the overrated has-been-shaped basket? Well, well, Leclerc this weekend finally learnt what it's like to be a Ferrari driver. <laughs> Full of promise and ultimately pissed off. <laughs> He's, you know, Alonso, Vettel, Mansell... Massa, Prost, all of these drivers have driven for Ferrari. Giancarlo Fisichella. And ended up being pissed off with that great team because they're a bunch of fucking charlatans. Well, I mean, he sort of um, shafted himself a little bit because he was super fast in practice, way faster than Vettel, looking like he might be the quickest person there. And then in qualifying, binned it into the wall. Which was, you can't blame Ferrari for that. That was his fault. Yep, true. And then in the race, started off on what, in theory, were the slower tyres, but was faster than pretty much everybody. Caught tires everybody. are confusing this stayed, year. They were very odd, weren't they? They stayed out if for only there was some kind of like way of far too long. <laughs> Stayed out for what seemed like far too long, and then uh, went in, switched on to theoretically the faster tyres, and then went backwards. So, I don't know what that was all about. Well, in part, because they were waiting for the safety car. This whole race was people going, it's all right, there'll be a safety car in a minute. It's all right, there'll be a safety car. It'll be due any time now. Any oh, second. Here it comes. Shut your eyes and count to ten. Safety car. What? No, no safety car? Why? Why? Well, considering, considering that there were two red flags in qualifying, it yeah. is pretty surprising there were none in the race and no, no safety cars at all. But even regardless... Why, why were the faster tyres slower than the slower tyres? I don't care. I really struggle. And finally, Vernon Moon said, if Bottas keeps driving like this, Ocon will have to do with the Merck Formula E seat next year. Either that or Kubica's seat. Ooh. I mean, Bottas is... Bottas is looking all right. He's done all right. He's got it's two, yeah. two wins to Hamilton, two wins to Bottas. Bottas has got more points because he's banging in the fastest laps as well. Kubica is looking not 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 a great end to the fairy tale. That and isn't surprising, though. Or, though, actually, you say fairy tale, but if you read the original versions of fairy tales, they've always got grisly endings. <laughs> so, actually, fairy tale ending for him is going to get eaten by a fox. <laughs> a fox? Yeah. Like a gingerbread man. 
Oh, I see, okay. Yeah. In other news, who's excited about the new F1 game? Yay. Not only is it coming out earlier than usual, it'll also feature Senna and Prost and their 1990 cars, allowing you to recreate the joy of crashing out of the first corner in Suzuka. The game will also feature F2 racing for the first time, so you can finally live out your dreams of being the next Titania Calderon or Mahavir Ranganathan. Well, I know somebody who's excited about the new F1 game. Who? Well, me, uh, a little bit. Okay. Because I've bought most of the previous ones. And, and you've I've got, still, a, st- you've I've got still, a steering wheel in your house. I have got a steering wheel and pedal set. And I really like driving games. The trouble is, <laughs> I don't have much time to play these days. And every F1 game that's going to come out, I bought it and I'm like, right, I'm going to do the full season. I'm going to do all the practice sessions. I'm going to do qualifying. I'm going to do the race and the full season. And I don't think I've got through a full season yet. Because... Red Dead Redemption's come out or work's got really busy or something. When I used to own a console and would buy games, you know, when I was a child. When you had a NES. I would always do the first three races, then just kind of get bored. So I know the Australian circuit really well. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very similar. I don't think Malaysia I've ever driven. Pretty well. I've never driven Circuit of the Americas or into Lagos. I went to Lagos I know well because that's a good one. You just cheat and go to that one straight away. It's fine. Monaco, uh, however. It'll be quite hard. interesting having F2, because... Is it? Well, F2 racing is generally a bit closer. And also, they all make colossal mistakes a lot, so it could be a bit more lively. Put the Formula E in it. Oh, no, it's not going too far. Just drive around a fucking supermarket and crash. <laughs> <laughs> Williams has a new sponsor. After losing their title partner, Martini, this year, we've all been waiting for a hot new brand to take over. And now we've got it. It is, drumroll please, the Financial Times. We are now expecting all Williams press releases to be printed on salmon pink paper. I hope delivery is their stock price. So <laughs> <laughs> nice swoosh downwards through the back of the car. I mean, it's not, it's not sexy, is it? Williams this week, Claire Williams did this interview where someone said, are Williams for sale? And her answer was, she tried to say along the lines of, no, you'd only set a team when it's doing well. <laughs> and it's like, hey, so what are you saying? She went, well, you know, we'd only be selling if we were in a position to sell, which would be we'd be successful. And you're like, can you hear what you're saying? Yes, I can. Sorry, sorry, I mean, Dad. She's a realist, if nothing else. I don't think she is a realist. I think she's a liability. Did you hear I a while really back like on the her. on the uh, on a rival podcast? I don't think it does as well as us, but it's the official F1 podcast, off the grid or beyond the grid or up the grid or something. <laughs> up the grid. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they did an interview hey, with Claire Williams. Up the grid. <laughs> they did, it's really good. They did a, an interview with Claire Williams. And she, sa- she sounds lovely, but she sounds like she doesn't want to be there. She sounds like she was just sort of foisted into this position of running a Formula One team that her dad had. Daddy loved me. I mean, not... I mean, Say maybe. you're proud, Daddy. Do you think she'll quit? I don't think she can quit. I mean, her name is literally in the name of the team. Yeah, I but a know. lot of people have the surname Williams. They don't all have to work in it. Well, they're not all Frank Williams's offspring, though. There's there's another Williams who apparently was over overlooked for the uh, for he the job. He's angry. I've He's seen an interview happy. with oh, him. Oh yeah, yeah. They've fallen out massively. But they made him do like Williams Heritage. Yeah, he looks after all he's the old stuff in all the shed at the back of the factory. Okay, so who loves saving money? F1 does, that's who. Well, at least from 2021. The FIA has just opened tenders for new standard wheel rims and brakes to be used from 2021 under proposed new regulations that could also include a standard gearbox. Now, Terry, after our excellent history with the FF1S engine a few years ago, 
Are we going to submit a proposal? That bankrupted me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It got out of hand. I haven't told you guys this. I'm Honda. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's been oh. stressful. <laughs> Apparently, making an engine is really fucking hard. <laughs> So for, for newer listeners, and I'm sure you've all been around since the beginning, but just in case you haven't, a few years ago the FIA was trying to do a similar thing for new engines and we submitted a, a design proposal. I say we, Terry submitted a design proposal that he very, came up with himself. Yeah. It's uh, a very accurate... Don't, we, we didn't get it in the end, did we? We got an official email back from the FIA saying politely a kind of a fuck-off email. You know. <laughs> Never contacted us again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't ever want to hear from but from the guy who is like the head of the engine, so he went to the top. They, wow. all, they all had a giggle. Jean Tot. It wasn't just the head of the engine people, you know. Okay. I, I recognise his name. Was it personal or was it...? I mean, he called me some names that, you know, yes, he, did, <laughs> he did some research. Some of that stuff he dragged up from the past. I had no idea. <laughs> anyway, so there, there's wheel rims. That can't be too hard, could it? Here's a circle. There you go. <laughs> I propose this. Yeah. If you want, I'll do it for you, mate. But you can do it in Word. <laughs> it's just a letter O. <laughs> uh, what else was it? Uh, uh, brakes. I mean, Bre- yeah. I reckon we could save money on the brakes. Well, if yeah. they're all going to be the same, then surely it doesn't matter how good they are. Just put everyone on old-style drum brakes, not even discs. I realise I'm preaching to somebody that maybe doesn't know the difference between drum and disc brakes, but... I know the difference between drum and disc brakes. Okay, fine. Disc brakes, you can save repeatedly. Drum brakes are a kind of music device. That's right. I reckon have old school drum brakes all round and just let them figure it out. My proposal is one brake per car. Oh, wow. And depending on the circuit, you have to decide which wheel to put it on. Nope, just goes in the middle. Oh, like a karting brake. Yes. (laughs) What we'll do... I'll look into this over the next couple of weeks, and um, if I think we've got a viable business structure, then uh, I'll put ourselves forward for this again. I think it's an excellent idea. Yeah, so what we're going to do, we're going to get a spreadsheet set up with all the requirements, and then over to you, the FF1S listeners, to come up with the best ideas. Think outside of the box. (laughs) Where does it say on the specs that a wheel rim has to be a circle? Yeah. Have they actually left? old school thinking. That's how we got in this mess. You've got to think around the box. You've got to think in the spirit of the rules, not the actual rules. Box shaped. Just an idea. I'm thinking a shape that hasn't been invented yet. Well, in in professional cycling, quite a lot of the cyclists use oval chain rings. Oval wheels. I'm just saying. That's an idea. There's no bad ideas. Do you remember those wheelbarrows that had a big uh, ball? (gasps) Yeah, like a Dyson. Yeah, Dyson. So send us your ideas. Uh, You can tweet us at For F1's Sake. Find us on Facebook and Instagram where we're For F1's Sake. Or you can email us your ideas at wrong at ff1s.com. And a huge thank you to everyone who has donated a pint or a whole round since the last show. Terry and Phil, can you find it in your hearts uh, to thank these fine folks, please? Tom Lindsay. Tom, thank you. You're a legend. James Piddock. Hey, James, James you Piddock. What a, don't, no, don't use his name as an insult. It's still like drunk banter. That's what lads like. People who listen to our show like all this shit. Trust me. <laughs> you <Yeah>. wake up. <laughs> 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 the enigmatically named D. Morris. Dick Morris, more like. <laughs> oh, come on. 
just, they love it. just insulting them. They're paying them. for me to insult them. I'm just going to give I him bet, big, I big bet he's got a boner listening to that. <laughs> Terry, please. He's giving us cash. And Toby Via, who gave us far too much beer money, but thank you, Toby. I'm There's no such thing as too much beer money. I'm doing my best to drink through it. <laughs> Toby, absolute legend. I don't think that's too strong a word. And Stephen Yangzura, who says, from the land of NASCAR and Bud Light, where none of my friends have a clue about F1. Yay! Cheers, guys. Thank you, Stephen. Oh, it's nice to have somebody from Ireland. <laughs> Cheers, Stephen. We like your crap beer. And lashings of ginger beer for the following people who set up regular donations to keep us in alcohol all year round. That is Ralph Brynard and Ian Cox. Ralph, Ian, I literally love you. Brynard could be the name of a 70s Formula 1 team, and I'd believe it. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember Brynard? Uh, James Hunt drove him for a season before oh, he went to Ferrari McLaren. That could be a t-shirt. For a little bit more beer money, that could be a t-shirt. Oh, nice. You are a hard-nosed bastard, Phil. <laughs> I like a hard it. Hard-nosed, slightly tipsy bastard. So if you would like a shout-out on the podcast and you like what you hear, then you can donate money and you can buy us beer at ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. time for the teams so Mercedes the Mercedes boys halos remain glowing above their helmets as they came home with their fourth one two in a row the new 2019 bad boy Bottas reclaimed his championship lead after driving an impressive boring lead in front of a boring race and Hamilton couldn't catch him what this is sounds stupid but why couldn't Hamilton overtake him because he's gone soft Ooh. oh controversial uh, I don't expand. know does he just not he doesn't need to overtake him is it that... does feel a bit like how was a bit too nice this year was he like, having another oh we can't say his name but another that other Mercedes driver who won a title season see I don't think so because that was like a real rivalry it feels like he's happy for Bottas to win I feel like he's just softened and he's just I think like, he's biding his time oh uh, do you think so yeah okay you reckon, you reckon he's going to be like one of the little guys in the corner in, in, a, in a martial arts film and you know right at the end it's going to be super hardcore no, and mess everyone up? No, I didn't mean that at all. I just mean like last season, at the beginning, he had nothing. He was giving us nothing at the beginning. You're right. And then later on, he came out of his shell. Like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? Oh my God. Yes. Hero. And what do you think of Bottas? Bottas is, it, it was badass again this week. It varies between Valtteri Badass and Valtteri Bottoms. And this week was Valtteri Badass. He looks really good all the way through. And I, I, in fairness, don't want to big myself up too much, but I called it in qualifying. I said, I think Bottas is going to get it. And he did. To who? I, be honest, I didn't, to my wife. I didn't None think... None of us heard that, so... I mean, all right, next time I'll call you. Don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me. The thing I've been doing this week isn't the whole Keeper Sutherland thing. I'm celebrating my 13th anniversary with my wife. Oh, you should have said that. You're in trouble should have totally said that. Matt will edit that in to us at the start of the show. <laughs> it won't just embarrassingly appear during the Mercedes chat, as you were. Does your wife listen to the podcast? Only when I make her. Anyway, Hamilton and Bottas uh, were celebrating their 13th anniversary. No, that's not right. I, I thought Hamilton would, would take uh, Bottas at the start and then drive away into the distance. And he had a good go, in fairness, and then Bottas was like, no, fuck off. I'm the daddy now. Didn't let him pass. It was like two or three corners at the start where Hamilton was like, I'm here, you, you, you move over and let me through now. 
And Bottas what, was like, what do you reckon the team was saying? I think the team probably all right with it. I think they trust. The, I think they trust their drivers enough. They're a well-oiled machine at Mercedes these days. I think they, they they trust every single little part of it to be like, no, it's fine. I really liked when they told Bottas he had pole position, and he did this little kind of giggle, like a, <laughs> yeah, like a, like someone learning to be like an evil person in a film. <laughs> It's not quite Alan Rickman, but he's getting it. By the end of the year, he'll be like, ha, 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 course I am pole position. <laughs> yeah. Maybe right he'll grow, in, in this season of weird facial hair, maybe he'll grow like an evil moustache, like a pencil-thin, really long moustache. It'll come out of the no. visor. Just billows around in the breeze. Ferrari. If Ferrari drivers were musicians, Vettel would be Kanye West, as in his ego is way bigger than his talent, and the clerk would be Damien Rice. <laughs> Uh, I was imagining him driving around singing When you float like a cannonball I don't get it Just really emotional, feeling really sorry for himself Also with an Irish accent Sorry? He would have an Irish accent as well He would have an Irish accent Like Damien Rice? Yeah, I'm not going to sing Who is Damien Rice? Oh come on Terry, you're not that out of touch surely No, 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 what I'm trying to say here is I'm cool and I don't know who the fuck that is. So anyway, Ferrari did really mess up this weekend with their tyres, as we said. They were both on a type that weren't working. Now, if they put Leclerc on new tyres earlier, then he could have capitalised on that, come in, put pressure on Mercedes. Did they just forget about him? It was a tricky one, because Leclerc, weirdly, starting on the mediums, was really fast and was carving his way up through the field after being down in qualifying after his crash. And then they left him out for quite a while, and he started getting slower. And the Mercedes, who had pitted and so far dropped behind him, started to catch him again. But Ferrari said they were worried that the softs weren't going to last. Theoretically, they were like, ah, it's going to be fine. He'll, he'll pit, he'll get the softs, he's Charles Leclerc, he'll be super quick on the faster tyres when everybody else is on the mediums that are going off, and he'll absolutely slay them. And then he pitted, and he was 20 seconds behind whoever it was that were in front of him, and then he was 22 seconds behind them, and then he was 23 seconds behind them, and then there was a safety car, and then he was about 30 seconds behind them. And I have no idea what happened or why it couldn't work. He just gave up. Oh, maybe that's it. He's learned the Ferrari way is to settle for fourth. You know, this year, Kimi Räikkönen is driving like a badass, getting points in a Sauber. Yeah. This time last year, he was, was he like, f- I'm fourth. That's fine. Was he fourth or was he fifth? I can't remember now. Who? What? Leclerc. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> he was fifth. Yeah, it's another another fifth when it should. I mean, it should. Again, if you t- if you look at practice, you'd say, well, it should be a Ferrari one two. And I I don't quite understand how they failed again. Purely strategy, is that what you're saying? I mean, I don't think strategy's helped, and obviously crashing into a wall didn't help either. But when we were on board with Leclerc, when his tyres were working, and he was carving through the field, the Ferrari was so fast, like he was catching and passing people before the DRS line, easily. And you think that looks like a fast car? And he was so fast in practice. Why, why, why can they not make it work in the race? It's four races now, and they fucked it up every time. What's going on? Ferrari. They Ferrari it right up. They're doing a Ferrari. Maybe this is just the story of the season. Maybe this is just it's how it's going to go. Mercedes will get a one-two every single race. This is the story of the last ever since Nigel Mansell left Ferrari. I'm still holding on to the dream that Leclerc could win the championship this year, but it's not going to happen. Maybe not. Red Bull. Baku showed that Red Bull is nowhere near the top three. 
Uh, Verstappen wasn't able to overtake Vettel. Uh, Perez beat him off the line at the beginning. Um, and Gasly obviously retired with a power problem. Was it a broken drive shaft? I believe so. It was a broken spirit. Broken, wow. Gasly has been heart. destroyed. Verstappen is just pooping around the midfield. It's one of those ones Gasly's where you go... off, isn't he? He's not going to last. Well, the thing is, it's like... Ricardo has made a obvious quote mistake by going to Renault and going at the back but Verstappen is not winning races he's not vying for the championship I think Ricardo has actually been wiser to leave and maybe build to Renault because Red Bull are just they're never going to get there again it's decreed can we talk about Gasly for a bit because he's obviously been a bit under pressure after underperforming at the start of this season so Gasly had numerous problems, not least the fact that he came into the pits in, I think it was qualifying or practice, and there was the big sign saying, Gasly, go to the Weybridge, and he just ignored them, carried on straight through, his team changed his tyres, and then the stewards were like, um, well, we don't know that your car isn't illegal now, so here's a penalty, you're in all sorts of trouble, you can start from the pit lane. And then they later checked his car again and found that his fuel throw was illegal and demoted him again. So I think... I think theoretically he can't start the Azerbaijani race until Barcelona. This be his best result of the year. <laughs> oh. He's not having any luck. Although, in fairness, he was then driving quite well in the race for a bit. But he's safe in that. Well, like we said last time, he's safe in that car. There's no one else who's going to... They're not going to get Kvyat back up. He's fine. That's true. Unless Albon starts really smashing the performances in, yep. then maybe they'll swap places in Kvyat style. Verstappen, I think, is probably getting the most out of a car that's not quite up to it. He's been sort of impressively dependable but not in a car that's fast enough to really be that spectacular but whenever there's been a chance of the podium he's been there Racing point um, so Paris has had a bit of a soft spot I did try and get a tyre pun in there um, but I could that was good I liked it as puns go it was intermediate oh. you know in your prime but you know it's enough, an option enough. Hey. you're ruining my puns with puns sorry he had a soft spot for Baku uh, and he had another strong year uh, he had a good qualifying, came home in sixth. He was best of the not best. Stroll's weekend involved a crash in practice, a bad qualifying, uh, but the some retirements meant that he got points. So, Stroll, so not bad. But, no, Stroll in qualifying is embarrassing. Oh, he's not got eight in a row now, or he's, he's not got out of Q1? But no. Most of those are in a Williams, fair do. In a racing point. Oh, he's had four, four, if it's eight in a row, he's had yeah, four yeah. of them in a racing point, which yeah, should yeah, be a yeah, bit quicker. He's never got out of Q1. He doesn't know what Q2 is. Oh. <laughs> um, Perez did pretty well, I thought. I mean, he, he kept Perez out of trouble. Did but, a Perez. but I was reading all the post race uh, analysis and stuff, and do you know why Perez did so well? Why? Saved his tyres. He saved his tyres. It's what he's good at. <laughs> he's a one trick pony. Hee-haw. So but if it, there had if <laughs> if there had been a safety car, he wouldn't he would be hang on, much further back. A donkey back. goes hee-haw, doesn't it? What does a pony do? Well, I once went pony trekking and I shat myself. What? Hang on. When <laughs> earlier before I was we fourteen. Recording. I was on an away adventure weekend <laughs> and I was really scared. And as I kind of set off the pony was a little bit kind of violent and I shot myself but I had to cut around the whole thing and come back it all kind of dried so So this is also during this evening this is the second story about you shitting yourself yeah one was off mic (laughs) 
but that was a 1998 World Cup. But um, <laughs> just, I'm just saying that so whenever I look at Perez, I shit myself. <laughs> when I think about you, I shit myself. Oh, is that Damien Rice? I got nothing else to say on Racing Point after that. Toro Rosso. Things were looking very promising for the Italian team after qualifying. Uh, however, Kvyat's race hopes were dampened, or you could say shoved off the track and reversed into after a collision with Ricardo. I mean, it wasn't Kvyat's fault. No. You could say he was torpedoed. <laughs> he wasn't that angry about it, though, was he? Oh, he doesn't give a shit. Well, he's had enough fuck-ups in his career that he's like, wow, everyone gets one. Um, it was a bit of a weird one, because watching it back, I mean, Ricardo obviously completely fucked up and went too long and was never going to make the corner. But then he didn't actually hit Kvyat to start with, but Kvyat missed the corner as well. I think Kvyat was just sort of freaked out by like sort of a, a large yellow thing flying past his face went ah and also missed the corner and then just neither of them moved until Ricardo moved and twatted into it which was hilarious and I'm sure it's we'll talk about weird. when we get to Renault James uh, had a good actually yeah Kvyat was doing he was looking alright until it all went horribly wrong Albin he hit the wall uh, albeit only a bit at the start uh, but then was it in their pit plan that caused him to come home in a relatively unimpressive 11 yes left him out too long he was looking pretty feisty. Think, were start. they waiting for a safety car as well? No, no they were aiming for 11th. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, executed perfectly. <laughs> yeah, because obviously Carrying if you finish 11th, a lot you can, well, it means you can then start the race on the tyres of your... Ch- oh, no, that's qualifying. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, no, I thought then he was driving all right, but then... Any, the, any of the admin that comes with points. Yeah, that's true. There's yeah. a lot of paperwork if you get a point. It's not worth it. <laughs> McLaren. It feels weird um, that a positive race is not an anomaly for McLaren. It was another good weekend for the team. Both cars in the top 10, they had good starts and Sainz got his first points of the year. Of the two McLaren boys, who is your favourite? Clando Norris. Yeah, Clando Norris. Big right. fan of the Welsh boy. <laughs> um, Purely because he's Welsh. Yep, and for marketing reasons that will become apparent later on. But um, it's not as much fun McLaren being all right, is it? <laughs> I like it. Well, it's not like they're We've shit, but they're not really good. Yeah, they're doing they're all right. Not, yeah. they're, they're, they're up there with the best of the midfield teams, which is a, definitely a big improvement for them. But, but they're not McLaren. No. And they're not Williams. They're just... But they're not uh, McLaren. They're like Haas. Oh, well, they're not that bad. Well, you know, Haas and Sarah and all that lot that we don't really talk about because we go... Yeah, they're in the race. Don't really see what What happened. do you mean they're not McLaren? They're not like McLaren. But they're winning. also not. They're not Senna. But they're McLaren. not McLaren of a couple of years ago. They're not Marlborough McLaren winning every race. They're not so Hamilton they're not like McLaren. McLaren. They're not Mika Hakkinen McLaren. Oh, uh, okay. They're more kind of but they're also Sergio not Perez and McLaren. Kevin Magnussen McLaren. But they're not McLaren, your name here, please give us sponsorship kind of. Yeah, they're not a lot so McLaren, no. for God's sake. Uh, that would be embarrassing. <laughs> um, Norris was doing very well. I think he would have finished in front of Sainz had they not tried a slightly weird pit strategy that didn't quite work because he pitted twice for some reason that I still for can't quite get my head around it was for the memes although he weirdly didn't seem that bothered about it he's just like oh well we got the same point about points it's just that science finished in front of me Renault 
After last year's good performance, after last year's good performance in Baku and Renault spending their entire 2019 budget on a talented Aussie driver with impeccable dentistry, their expectations for this year's podium photos were high. However, Ricardo retired for the third time in four races, and Hulkenberg came home in what I would argue is the worst position to come home in 14. Why the worst? Because it is so... If you're in the last positions, people remember you. Top 10 people remember you for points. 14. That's yeah. just so it's shit. It's the shittest Pretty of nothing. the no-marks. It's the yeah. worst position. Wow. Um, do you think they told Ricardo off? I mean, I, I don't mean, think they welcomed him back to the garage with open arms. I think it's do you a, think they told him off? No, I think it's 50-50. I think they both went in a room and the team went, you're a... And he went, no, you're a word and as I said at the same time it cancels each other out because he's as angry with them of being a shit car as they are with him as being a shit driver so in a way it's like the circle of life it's the wheel of no fortune. I reckon it was a polite version of that they were like oh don't worry don't worry don't do it again <laughs> or they just left a post-it note on his computer <laughs> A passive-aggressive kind look of... look in your mirrors before you reverse. Yeah. Formula 1 is the most technical sport. Cheap road cars that you buy now have all these screens and sensors for reversing. <laughs> and Formula 1 car goes, ah, fuck it. <laughs> what are the chances of someone being behind me? Yeah. <laughs> didn't have reversing sensors or rear cross-traffic alerts. Nothing. Hayes. Hey, yes. <laughs> Who is Hayes? Grosjean whined about his tyres and then retired because his brakes weren't right and I cannot remember anything Magnussen did but to summarise Haas's weekend in a short indeterminable noise Nice Yeah I mean I can't remember which of the three of us was banging on about how they're definitely the third best team this year or the fourth best team this year maybe me can't remember but they've been shit yeah they've been atrocious what's happened that Netflix documentary really wrote checks they can't cash yeah, Gunter Steiner needs to start getting more foul-mouthed and they need to start getting Great some of that big dick yeah. energy going, which is not working at the moment. Uh, yeah, they're nowhere. Very anonymous. Alfa Romeo. Things were not looking hopeful for Alfa Romeo after qualifying. Giovinazzi was in P17 and Raikkonen started from the pit lane. Their race was even more boring than anyone else's to watch. And then Raikkonen came home in 10th after Kvyat's dreams were crushed by Ricardo. Raikkonen has scored points in every race so far. How much longer can he? Every race this year. Yeah. He's going to score in every race this every year. Every single race. How He's much money would you put on that? 400 pounds. Shit, I said it. Wow. I He's, thought I was okay, going to say that's something. On, that's on record. I was going to say something funny at the end, and I just went, no, fuck it, pounds. Okay, Raikkonen right, is scoring points in every race this, this year, you reckon? Yep. All right, we'll see. And 400 you're saying, pounds. You're saying no? I'm saying I'm not getting involved in that bet because it's I'll insane. No, 400 pounds. I'm not betting you. Why? No, it's a charity thing. <laughs> All bets on podcasts are oh, so if he does score points, a charity has to give you £400. I'm going to make a huge yes. profit. If he retires from a race, then I want Great Ormondry Hospital <laughs> to sump up 400 quid. 
<laughs> he's been very solid. I mean, all the pressure's off him now, and he's sort of driving in the way that he's sort of been able to. We sort of know he can every now and again, but he just hasn't all the time previously. No, what, he is. what we've worked out from Riker in this year is he is a track day weekend driver. He's not a Formula One driver, he's someone who brings his car to the Nürburgring does a few laps round, gets a semi and then goes home <laughs> and he does a bloody good job at it Williams neither driver had raced in Baku before but this is not go-karting for tips and advice on this sport you can email us at wrong at ff1s.com a team should not face inevitable carnage they had a regulations infringement a crash into the barriers two car rebuilds and a drain was involved who was worse Russell or Kubica 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 that guy is shit. <laughs> Everything that happened to Russell was not his fault. He had a cut. He was ill as well. Yeah. Russell was, was ill. Him. Yeah, he had a chest infection. Chest infection. And then Kubica was just shit. <laughs> if we, we've been asked to treat him as we would any other F1 driver, and I think we should. And in which case, he's not doing a good enough job. Yeah. You know, of, of everyone on the grid, he's, he's, you know, objectively doing the worst. And um, the only person he's hurting is himself and also the team and everybody that works for them and me all of which brings us to the standings with terry saunders okay so my aforementioned sickening annoyance at david croft using baku as a pun at every opportunity at least three times in the bullet to the race he was like i hey, we're baku to the future or whatever anyway so i thought let's do it the way it's supposed to be done here are the driver standings as proper Baku puns. And at the lead of the championship is Valtteri Bottas with Sister Act 2, Baku in the habit. <laughs> Second place, Lewis Hamilton, if I could turn Baku time. And third place, Sebastian Vessel, Baku to the future, part three. Uh, Max Verstappen did his Baku laureate, that's a school joke. And um, Charles Leclerc, the Empire Strikes Baku. Sergio Perez, he got some points, he's Baku in the saddle. And Pierre Gasly is sick to the Baku teeth of this shit. Kimi Raikkonen is holding Baku the years. And Lando Norris is a Baku City driver. Kevin Magnussen sucks balls, his favourite film is Broke Baku Mountain. Nico Hulkenberg, Baku in black. Carlos Sainz, Baku too black. Daniel Ricciardo is desperately trying to press the Baku button on your browser. And Lance Stroll is the hunch Baku of Notre Dame. Alexander Alba's favourite film is Baku Draft. And Daniel Kvyat is Baku in the USSR. And the constructors. Now, we were talking earlier on about uh, the marathon. And I thought if Formula 1 teams... I mean, let's face it, you know this by now. If I've had a strong driver's standings, the constructors are weak as shit. So, if the, if the teams were doing the marathon what would they wear <laughs> so mercedes would have gray and black sportswear very efficient very technical uh, moisture wicking fabric ferrari would be jeans and leather shoes <laughs> probably smoking a fag um red bull would just have anything but every surface would have the red bull logo on it uh, mclaren would probably wear the new ff1s Lando norris t-shirt hey. what oh that was my time, really? Racing Point would have a complex costume where there's a giant foam stroll who's chasing after his dangling father's acceptance. <laughs> uh, Alfa Romeo would have a giant ice cream outfit. Renault would be a giant galois weeping at the fortunes of the national team. Haas would probably wear the new FF1S Gunter Steiner t-shirt. I don't know what you're talking about. And Scudera Toro Rosso would probably have an FF1S t-shirt with a tire on. What are you talking about? Oh. I can't, I'm too excited. Carry on. What are you talking about? I don't know. Hey, what? 
And now, it is so good that we brought it back. It is time for another Fact Off. Okay, so how does this quiz work? Well, Phil and Terry have three rounds to produce really interesting facts about Baku. And I will decide which is best. Best of three, winner takes it all. And by all, I mean absolutely nothing. Uh, so without further ado, let's get facts. So Terry, you won the last one, which was Bahrain fact off. So therefore you can begin Baku fact off. All rivers in Azerbaijan drain into the Caspian Sea. Oh. That is good. Phil. Baku gets his name from the Persian Bad Kuba, meaning wind-pounded city. Interesting. Is it? So all rivers all run into the sea. Caspian Sea. No, in the this is just in general. Oh, in general. the whole world. Yes, you're correct. All rivers run into the sea. Yes. And if that's the only sea that is near Azerbaijan, then that is unsurprising. Ah, but Chica, as the judge, did you know that? <laughs> did, if I had said what sea was near Azerbaijan, no, 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 no. If I had said what sea is near Azerbaijan, I'm the judge. Be quiet. I also didn't. What was it called? What was it? It was originally from the, the Persian is unmemorable. Bad Kube. The bad. Bad Kube from the Persian Bad Kube, which means wind-pounded city. See, I didn't know that either. But that is also really boring. So I think this is quite a poor show from both of you. Not oh. a good start. Um, Wait till my third fact. <laughs> By the way, so listeners know, Phil's got like a hundred facts that he's picking and choosing from. I've chosen three facts. <laughs> I'm going to say, Phil, you get yes. that one. Yes. Fine. Fact two is, although there have been four F1 races at the Baku street circuit, there have only been three Azerbaijan Grand Prix because the first one was the Grand Prix of Europe. Oh, yes. Terry? Azerbaijan is four times the size of Wales. <laughs> uh, well, I'm definitely going to go with Wales. What? That one. Well, yep. we knew that. He didn't even say if it was the country or the animal. Both. Both Wales and it's Wales. It's the size of four Wales. If, no, it's four times the size of Wales if Wales had four Wales in Wales. Oh, uh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Like an aquarium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Phil, you can lead the final round of Factor. Wow. All right. The most popular sport in Azerbaijan is not Formula One. It is, in fact, wrestling. Terry. Azerbaijan smells of egg. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is this a fact? Yep. Apparently, it's a very volcanic region. There's a lot of sulfur. A lot of Azerbaijan smells of egg. <laughs> All right. I, I happily concede that's a great fact. If you don't win, there's been an absolute travesty of justice. I agree. All right, then, fair enough. So that is, so now, out of two factors, that is, is 2-0. Norris Mukwata. So, Phil, you need to really up your game for the I next I mean, I tried factor. to up my game this time. I've literally got 25 facts down here. Yeah, but listen, that one. Yeah, you can find a country that smells of egg, you will be winning. There's no country smells of egg like Azerbaijan smells of egg. That's why they call it 
Ecki Peichern. And now it's time for the state of F1 with Terry Saunders. Oh dear, right. Formula One is boring and Formula E is silly. And we need something between the two. After watching the YouTube highlights of the Formula E race this weekend, where everyone goes off the track at every corner on every lap because they're forced to get pissed or something. And then with Formula One qualifying where Kubica and Leclerc both nerfed the same wall, it looks set to be a dramatic race. Until it wasn't. Nothing happened. Baku last year was mental and the year before, and all the strategies are based on the fine balancing act of when, and not if, was the safety car going to come. Leclerc didn't pit because they were waiting for it, the commentators were looking out the window, sticking their hand in the air as if a safety car is like an approaching predictable rain cloud and not a random event. But nothing. A dull race ensued and we all knew what would spice it up. Liberty give fastest lap points and drivers of the day, but they need to be able to stand up in race control and bellow, I'm bored as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> But don't worry, I have a solution. It's so fucking obvious. Pace cars. I'm sorry, we sneer at Indian NASCAR and say how false it is, but isn't this supposed to be entertainment? No one watches EastEnders because this week the plot today is going to be one character commuting for the whole half hour. It's fiction. Purity and honesty and all that bollocks is useless when 16 gigatons of data are pissed over to Brackley every millisecond. The whole thing is made up. Let's at least have some fun. So when the race is boring, there needs to be a set of things in place. Pace car is one. Sprinklers on the track is stupid, but let's face it, it would bloody work. <laughs> Formula E have their drive over this bit and you'll go fast. Why doesn't F1 have some new things? Here are some ideas. One, turn it off and on again. When the race gets boring, pull out a red flag, they line up on the grid and we'll keep doing it until you get it right. <laughs> Giant fans, the crosswinds made China fun. Let's have some controllable ones. Radio silence. Cut radio transmissions for a 10 minute period, but just before you do, play the driver a warning about their car that just cuts out. <laughs> Lewis, we've identified a problem with the car, you're going to have to... Oh? <laughs> Mandatory pit stop. This is boring. Everyone swap tyres on the next lap. Eyes wide shut. This can go one of two ways. Either one would spice things up. <laughs> Tinnitus and sauna. Heat up the cockpit and make their ears ring until someone fucks up and brings out a safety car. And then obviously the self-explanatory, a gun tank, minigames, weapons and halo snakes. <laughs> Did you say, hey, it's quite loud in this pub. Did you say halo snakes or halo, halo snakes or halo sex? There are snakes in the halo. Okay, that's better than halo sex. And at some point they release the snakes. Yes, I like it. Ooh. Yeah, sold. That is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about Lewis Hamilton wanting to change all of the screens on his steering wheel so that he doesn't mess up under the safety car like he did this time. He should stop watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> and to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about the shop. You know, every week we give out that same link or different links that I never actually secret, never bothered to update because no one goes to the shop because the T-shirts are one of... Stoffel Van Dorn, one about McLaren and one of our logo. No one gives a shit. So I've decided to close the shop. What? I tell you what, I've got a better idea. How about boom sound effects? New t-shirts have just dropped. Yeah! Woo! So if you want a t-shirt that is a nice, admittedly quite nicely designed half-tone tire. With admittedly quite nicely designed by you I mean I did it but pretty fucking good you know it's my job and it's a lovely tyre and you can get it in all the variants of tyre types on the tyre it says I'm soft where it normally says P0 or I'm 
medium, or I'm hard, <laughs> or I'm intermediate, doesn't make sense, but I, I'd already set up the template, or the fabulous, I'm wet, which I'm regretting even just saying. But if there's a woman listening, or a man who knows a woman, unlikely with our audience, then buy a t-shirt. Also, wow. you can have a welcome to Chlando Norris, the oh, Welsh town. Our favourite Welsh town. A population of one, which is Mr. <laughs> lovely Lando Norris. Chlando Norris. Chlando Norris. And there's another one. Gunter Steiner is our spirit animal. Yes. Is that a picture of Gunter Steiner? You can go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Give us your goddamn money. We should Bob point Gilder, out that it's say. not just t-shirts. No. And get all sorts of shit. Bags, dresses pillowcases bed sheets sheets. phone covers probably oh yeah you can get phone covers all sorts of things Terry is frantically just printing stuff onto anything he can get his hands on got a whole room full of this shit (laughs) it's gotta go we'll be back in two weeks time to discuss the Spanish Grand Prix but in the meantime check out our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash for everyone's sake Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at For Everyone's Sake. And don't forget that we live tweet the races. So make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, if you want often Terry being grumpy about F1, especially if the race is on in the morning. Please review us on iTunes. No one has done it for a while. And my therapist says that I am desperate for validation. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you in a fortnight. I've been G. Carreras. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.